The current method of organizational design is falling behind the needs of the modern day workplace. This is made all the more urgent because employees are on the move. It's time to get more analytical in your approach to retaining your high-performing employees so you can ride out this great resignation period. That's not enough, of course, as we come through the worst of the pandemic. Now is almost the moment to live what it means to be an aspirational employer brand so you can compete for new talent. This is Chris Bjorling from Fidelo, where we have a passion for HR consulting and improving performance. We are joined today on the People in Performance podcast by Rupert Morrison, CEO at OrgView, a global HR and organizational planning company that believes the brightest business leaders need to, quote, design for disruption and turn it into a competitive advantage, end quote. Most organizations invest 90 to 100% of HR resources in operations and only 10% in data planning. Rupert believes the current mindset in many boardrooms needs to change if organizations want to be forward-proof and prosperous. The pandemic has shown us that organizations can't stay still if they want to remain successful. Companies need to continuously adapt and evolve. It's not easy to change the organization's vision and practices, but it can really pay off if you do. This episode will include a discussion of the why and the how organizational planning and analysis keeps business agile and sets up to grow in sustainable ways. In fact, as part of today's conversation, Rupert is going to share findings showing a twofold increase in productivity when certain org design approaches are adopted. I hope you enjoy this conversation Bill Bannum and I have with Rupert today. Hey, Rupert, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Great to be here, Bill. And- Nice to meet you, Chris. So we're going we're gonna to delve pretty deep today, Rupert. But before we do, let, let's start with the essentials. So big question for you to start with, uh, just to define some things for our listeners. And, and that is, what is organizational planning and analysis? Um, and why does it matter? So organizational planning and analysis is, is, the, is, is the function, the group of activities owned by the OPNA function, which is the organization planning analysis function responsible for ensuring the strategy is translated so that you can do the organization design. So it's, it's interpreting and, and leveraging the, the strategy. So the op model is designed effectively so you can execute that strategy. It's then ensuring that all the roles are defined. The work that's needed is understood with the competencies to do that work and that the workforce is planned over time. So you've got the right people doing the right things in the right number at the right place. So you can execute on the organizational plans and, 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 and fundamentally the strategy. And it also uses the analysis to pull the lever so you can drive greater performance. Uh, and it's a continual um, process that happens. Uh, often people think of organization design as a one-off. And perhaps in, in long enough in the past, it was more of a one-off. But but now with the rate of change uh, and the need to constantly improve performance, we see organization design is continuous. And obviously planning, plan, do, and review that process has, has always been continuous. Excellent. That, I love that, the continuous nature that you're putting it into. Um, in the world that we see, though, however, sometimes we see businesses not fully understanding the duties and the outputs of their employees. Is that it? Do you have any reasons for why you think they're kind of stuck not knowing those types of things? I, I think the first reason, Chris, is they don't even ask the question. 
So often we're victims of not asking the right questions. We ask the question, who are our people? And we ask, what's our, what's the span of control and how many people are they managing? But we don't ask the question, what do people do? What is the work? And are the right people doing the work? Um, and, and so that, that starts with asking the right questions. Beyond that, the work is not defined. So sometimes people might create a value chain, uh, typically in a PowerPoint slide or something like that. But you want to break the value chain down into the, the activities and the decisions and then measure who's doing what work. Are they enjoying the work? Do they believe they're the right people doing the work? And when you know the cost of each person and you know where they're spending their time, you can actually quantify the cost of the work the level of fragmentation of the work, how bureaucratic it is, the locations of work's happening. And from that, you can start to optimize the work. So for instance, you can start to say, should we be doing this or should we automate it? Or should we outsource it? Or should we, and and there's lots of questions. And and I, I talk a lot about what if questions, what if we would outsource it? What if we would, what would the impact be? What would the benefit be? Not just the benefit to the organization, but also the benefit to the employees because people don't like doing routine, boring, transactional work. They, they want to do work that has more impact. Um, so understanding the work gives you a chance to define that and a chance to actually automate or move that work to, to the more appropriate place. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. I, I love that concept of asking the right questions. And I appreciate it as we go through here, as we're looking at people and performance, that you've addressed the need that sometimes, hey, we need to step outside the the human bandwidth and say, can we do this you know, through automation? Can we do it through other means? Um, does it improve the work-life quality of the of the individuals that are that are staying around and are they being satisfied and doing the right thing? So love both all of that stuff. So that's that's brilliant. Question for you now, um, you referenced two points in, in what you were talking about. The first was the strategy. So as you're looking forward to doing this type of planning, there's a strategy and then you talk about people doing it. So the question that I have for you is who who's really in control of the strategy and who should control the execution of the redesign? So fundamentally, the CEO has to control the strategy and the exco, the senior leaders should be inputting to that and translating for their functions or their their business units, that strategy and, and executing down. But it's first and foremost, it's the CEO. Um, and to an extent, I don't think the strategy can be agreed by a committee either. You know, committees make very bad decision-making groups as well. So um, I think really the CEO has to take accountability, clearly getting input and everything else, but take, take accountability for designing it's actually designing the strategy you you don't just plan it and the word strategy is so misunderstood and so badly applied uh too often people get confused and they say what's your strategy and they just list out goals or they list out aspirations um they don't get to what are the actions required to achieve those goals and there's so much fluff as well in, in this there's people just say vacuous words and it sounds great um so it's, it's really the the role of the ceo to make sure that the words are understood and the intent and and, and the priorities are really understood and, and what actions required 
it's then the job of the org design professional, so that the head of the OPNA function that I described, and org design professionals, to take that strategy, make sure it is clear, develop really robust case for change and design criteria, so that you can make decisions between the different options that you will have for executing that strategy. There is there is never a perfect org design. There's only the optimal org design given the strategy and given the criteria you set. Um, and, and this is part of the problem that people often use operating model design and, and, and sort of what I call macro design as a way of fixing underlying problems that may not be the ideal way of solving them. Sometimes it's just lack of role clarity that I need to, to know or not having the skills to be able to execute what they need to know. Um, that is the problem. So I would say that you should not use the operating model design and org design as the, as the solution to a what might be a strategic imperative. First, ask the question, can we solve the strategy in another way? Um, if we can't and we have to go to heart surgery and change the operating model, then that case for change had better be overwhelming. And the OD professional and the CEO need to be joined at the hip on that. I love that. Go go to the heart and change the heart. That's a great thing. Because sometimes, you know, when you do this, we see organizations just rush through it. They kind of do it in a, you know, they don't really take the time to understand and to ask the questions and to put themselves in the right parameters saying, can this be done this way most efficiently? And, and, and in, in the, the case for change, um, the case for change, if you're going to do op model design, it, it, it's got to be financially sound. It's got to be implementable. Uh, but it's also got to be emotionally robust. It has to stand the test of time because the strategy yeah. should not be changing every year by definition. And so, therefore, your op model shouldn't be changing every year by definition. And the number of times I speak to clients and they just the, the, the reference they always use is, you know, chairs on the Titanic and just moving things around, um, trying to solve a strategic issue by just changing accountabilities and org charts. Uh, it's it's really quite um, negligent to, to do that because you're impacting people's lives uh, and you're creating confusion and you're reducing your ability to be effective. Um, so you have to be thoughtful. Doing strategy requires thought um, and hard work and then as does uh, proper org design. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, let's talk about some of that 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 strategy and, and that thought now, if, if you don't mind. Uh, one of one of Orgview's recent white papers suggests that companies can recover the cost of project investment within twelve months. That's not bad. Uh, by consolidating manual processes and improving data quality to reduce time spent on, on reporting Rupert's we'll, we'll talk about the, the cost and time savings a bit more in a moment but first what, what goes into consolidating manual processes and, and improving data quality then what, what, where does the HR department and other HR and other departments sorry fit in as, as part of those processes well the, the first thing I mean it goes back to one of your earlier questions which is what are the questions you're trying to answer so therefore what data do you need so I always like to start with the hypothesis and questions first and then the data. So that's point number one. Too often people just go about building a huge white elephant 
and, and forget the question they're asking. They're just, oh, we just need to, and you know, build, get a whole database built. And, and what was the question again? Um, so the first thing is, what are you trying to do? What do you need to measure? And then what are our data sources? Now, the, the other thing is, if it's a one-off question, fine, get the data up from your source, manipulate it in, a, in Excel and, and do your analysis and answer your question. Um, more often than not, most questions need to be re repeated. You need to repeat the answer. So then you want to create an ETL process where you extract, transform, and load the data into your system. You have to get the data clean. Um, there are lots of different ways of cleaning data. In, in, in all view, we clean, we call it painting with data, so visually cleaning it, uh, crowdsourcing the, that process, and then just making sure that that process is, is repeatable. Um, and a lot of this also comes down to master data management, so having really clear definitions and terms for what you call things. Uh, so I like to think of what are your key organizational dimensions? So it could be business unit, it could be function, it could be geography. Naming those things consistently everywhere is important. Um, these things change. You need a process for managing those changes. So it's, it's, it's really a discipline, uh, but it doesn't have to take armies of people. And, and modern technology is, is amazing at how fast you can do these things. And I, I think people will be amazed at how quickly you can get a version of truth done um, even when you might have, we, we've seen clients with up to 60 different source systems and we've got the data fixed and clean in, in, in weeks, literally in weeks. Rupert, you're not going to believe this, but we are already running out of time, I'm afraid, because we keep these podcasts fairly fairly succinct and uh, and bite-sized for our fantastic audience. Um, but one question we do like to ask of our guests um, but as part of the, uh, the, the wrap-up, from a culture and people processes perspective, Rupert, and uh, we, my goodness me, we've had some wonderful answers to this question so far. Um, but in your opinion, from a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high performing company mean to you? To me, it's a company that has a very clear strategy that's highly differentiated, um, that will stand the test of time. And the organization is effective at doing all the activities, doing all the work required to execute on that. Uh, and, and if you're doing that, if you're executing against a well-defined strategy, you will be high performing. You will outperform the market, you know, however you want to define performance. But performance really, in my mind, has to be defined as your ability to execute the strategy and, and the plans that you set yourself. Um, that, that's really the bar. For high high performance, it, it, you know, it presupposes that you actually have a clear strategy. That that's a worthwhile strategy in the first place, and and often that is not the case either. So you you, you need both. Awesome, thank you very much. And and Chris, why don't you take it home with the final question for today? I'm I'm here for it, Rupert. How can we learn more? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So you, you can go to orgview.com. Uh, so that's O R G V for Victor U for Unicorn. B U E E for Echo. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rupert Morrison. Uh, also, I published my book, Data Driven Organization Design, back in October 2015. So I took the brave decision to write a second edition. And I'm pleased to say that second edition came out in October, end of October, if you're in North America. 
So you can read more. Um, it's now very up to date. Uh, and, and again, that's data driven organization design, which you can find on um, Amazon or go to Kogan page and, and find it there. So it's so lots of ways to learn more and uh, hopefully, hopefully people enjoy edition. Uh, it's a labor of love, like a lot of things. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure today to catch up with you on a few thoughts and things. And I hope that uh, everybody else does it like I'm going to do, which is go out and get the book and, uh, and enjoy uh, learning more about what we're talking about and organizational design and, and making your organizations more profitable and productive over time. T total pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. And, and, and until next time, please listen to some of our other episodes because we've got lots of awesome guests and we'll be back again very soon. This podcast is supported by Fidelo Inc., a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance. Through their products and services, Fidelo helps clients design, develop, and implement strategic integrated human resource processes and systems. Learn more at fidelo.com. That's F-I-D-E-L-L-O.com.